Hey there, it's JVL. On The Secret Show with Sarah Longwell today, we talked a lot about Joe Manchin. We talked about the Republican debate. We talked about the economy and focus groups. We, we talked about so many things. It was a long show. Here it is. I want to talk about Manchin just briefly because uh, I had sort of been like reliably informed by whatever, the rumor mill in Washington, D.C., that Manchin, because he's an egomaniac, would never accept being the vice president on the no labels ticket mm-hmm. because and, and no labels has sort of announced that they're they're going to have a Republican at the top of the ticket. And part of that is to fend off criticism that they are actively trying to hurt Joe Biden, um, even though the Republican that they would have at the top of the ticket, whether it's Hogan, Huntsman, whatever, would invariably still split the anti-Trump vote. Uh, and harm Joe Biden and help Donald Trump. But in any event, uh, I had been reliably informed that uh, he was going to go run as an independent uh, or something in in West Virginia. That's not (laughs) happening. Uh, And not only that, but in the op-ed that he wrote and in his announcement, he he left the door as wide open as one could leave the door about going to explore... Across uh, this great land yeah. of ours to listen. Just listen so hard. Yeah. Yeah. All the listening. And so is the Liz Cheney Joe Manchin ticket coming? I don't know. Uh, but I got to tell you. As a no she, labels or as a another independent? I have no idea. Because Probably why couldn't no we have because six different? Why couldn't we have RFK and Cornell West and no labels and Mansion? And well, why couldn't Jill we have a seven way race? In, Jill, right? Jill, Jill right? Stein. We got Jill Stein. Like, there's something about uh, this particular uh, milkshake of politics that's bringing all the kooks to the yard. TM. I just just did that one. <sighs> so I, uh, I I I gotta say, normally I'm pro all this stuff. Pro third parties, uh, pro the the idea of having people trying to make space in the center lanes, trying to drag the other two parties towards the center. The, the problem is, like, since 2016, like, we're in this weird existential crisis. And this isn't just us saying it. We had an attempted coup. Joe Manchin was there. He saw it, right? It, this like I don't know. Like this is not. This is like the only moment in my lifetime in which having a third third party ticket is potentially like actually dangerous for American democracy. It's it. It's like the absolute worst time for something like this, and I don't understand anybody who can't see that. Yeah, I mean. The level of narcissism from people who think like this is their time, I do not understand. Sorry, I thought I was going to sneeze. <laughs> I'm going to leave like that a, pause I in. Have like a, I, have like a, I have to give a TED Talk next week. And obviously what happens is right now I get sick. Better uh, now so than then. Maybe, but I, I, maybe I'm going to peak and be right. So what happens to me when I get sick is I, I peak at some point and then I lose my voice when I feel better. So like I will feel better, 
but I will lose my voice. And so I'm thinking that that if that peaks right around mid next week while I'm trying to give my TED talk, that sounds about right. Do you get the Barry White voice like I get? Because that would be the ideal. Uh, like you, you've heard me when I'm when I get sick. I sometimes I'll come. You in, go I'm like, down a lot right, of right. octaves. That yeah, it's really, really sexy boss for your talk. Yeah, I'm just saying that would be excellent. Um, so I tell me. I mean, I got a few thoughts about this, and let me let me workshop a little bit for you. Yeah, tell me, let me let me help you workshop your newsletter. This way you won't have to read it. I know. Um, So on the one hand, uh, I do not understand the Democrats and they're not all of them, but there are some Democrats. I see this on threads where I'm socially active um, (laughs) that uh, who are like good riddance. And I do not understand that. I think you as much of a pain in the ass as Joe Manchin is as much of an egomaniac as he is. Uh the foundations of our federal system are so stacked against the urban party, which is the, the, the Democrats, that in order to wield federal power, you have to have guys like Manchin. They need five more of him, yeah. no matter how much of a pain in the ass he is. And uh, losing him is very bad. I think it makes holding the Senate for 2024 I'm not going to say impossible, but uh, highly unlikely. Yeah. Because you go from that being a, hey, we've got a one in three chance to we've got a zero percent chance. Well, and even worse, I mean, they now like they would have Republicans would have had to spend a lot of money to defeat Joe Manchin because he is dug in there. Like, even if it was going to be tough for him, like they were going to have to beat him. Now they can spend that money against Sherrod Brown in Ohio and against Tester uh in montana and so like it's just a place they don't have to fight it's a it's a real it's really really bad for democrats for him uh to tap out like this so so can i just say on this point about where you said threads okay so on twitter there's these people i really want to this makes me want to just throttle someone and it's like Good. Now we can get somebody more progressive than Joe Manchin uh, there in West Virginia. And I'm just like, this is why. Trump this carried is why West Virginia was- by 40 points. 4-0. Like, it is the reddest <laughs> of red. Joe Manchin is literally the only human who would have any fighting chance uh, as a Democrat in West Virginia. And he was probably going to have to run as an independent to even do it. And if you so if you think there's some more progressive candidate out there who gets you a democratic senate seat in west virginia buddy wrong i somebody somebody on the in in the the reddit was was saying this there and their their responder was um yeah well look at john tester john tester isn't like him and i'm like yes you know what you know what uh, montana is plus 15 west virginia is plus 40 again 44 zero you know, like this, that's <sighs> Joe Manchin is grandfathered in from a different era. Yes. Like without him, Dunzo. Anyway, uh, so all of that is my my sympathy for for Manchin and for my deep desire for the Democratic Party to have room for more mansions. But after that, I look at this and I'm like, so what the fuck does Joe Manchin want? from the Democratic Party. So so to the extent that I can understand Manchin's substantive disagreements with the Democratic Party as it exists right now, today, November 10, 2023, are that uh, the Democratic Party is a bit too free on spending that- and thinks that we should be spending less money, especially on... 
it's not clear what we should be spending less money on. I, I assume like clean energy stuff is where he's mostly uh, dislike. He thinks that the Democratic Party is too into environmentalism, but only certain types of environmentalism like conservation. He's OK with uh, he's he's not OK with the energy stuff. Right, because he's sitting. He lives in a state right, where because coal he lives in is a, its dominant industry, and like, right. yeah. Uh, and he thinks that the activist part of the Democratic Party is too interested in gun reform. But in terms of governing stuff, he helped spearhead the actual gun reform legislation, which was passed by the Democratic Party. Right, and so like. How much does he actually disagree with the Democratic Party? Again, as it exists right now in terms of passing laws and and governing. And so then on the is, other hand, like, yeah. what is... Just, I'm going to set it all Sorry, the way please. up for you. No, please, please, please. What is his disagreement with the Republican Party? You know, like, he was very angry that Democrats toyed with the right. idea of getting rid of the filibuster. Well, the Republicans and, like, a bunch of actual Republican senators, not like Republicans on Twitter voted to overturn the last election. Does he not have more policy differences with them? You see what I'm saying? Like Joe Manchin seems entirely wrapped up in his policy differences with Democrats on Twitter instead of the actual Democratic Party as it exists in the person of Joe Biden, who is the leader of the party and the president of these United States of America. And like Republicans? Oh, well, you know, like what? what yeah. is that? So I, I did, I talked about this on the next level a little bit, but just but like, this is one of the things that No Labels has done that's like having a pernicious effect, but is like a very unseen phenomenon, is that they're going to people like Manchin and like Hogan and like Huntsman and a bunch of these people and they're being like, you could be president. Like, don't we think Joe Biden is terrible? Don't we? And we know Donald Trump is terrible. And like, this moment cries out for you. And like, they're internalizing that in a way that is creating different levels of ambition now there is a world right now where joe biden could be enormously useful to the democratic party because he could go be like you know what i'm going to do i am going to help build a new generation bench of center left folks who can win in red states and like i'm going to raise a hundred million dollars and i'm going to build a, a center pack and we're going to just we're going to we're going to start competing uh all across the country in places we haven't with really moderate democrats Joe Biden, or sorry, uh, Joe Manchin could just be like a yeah. next level help. So, and but, to be clear, I'm sorry, because you misspoke. I want to clarify for you. You said Joe Biden could do it. This is what Joe Manchin could do. Oh, did I say Joe yeah. Biden the first yeah, time yeah. too? Yeah. Ugh, that's, that's Joe okay. Manchin. Sick, sick brain. Um, and he could be a hero. Because that's the thing a person does when they believe in their party, when they believe in the country. Uh, and when they have like a vision for what it what it could be right and they go help build it or you could be a narcissist who internalizes a bunch of people being like it should really be you and you go yeah it should really be me and then you go on a listening tour and then you launch a quixotic silly campaign only to discover it's not actually only you you alone cannot fix it and what you have done is at a very critical moment uh, created a path for uh, a president who did a coup to uh, real light to power. And for a party which is 
almost totally out of step with you. Again, the Republican Party, like, you know, so we have we've under we've understood and outlined the policy differences as they exist between Joe Manchin and the Democratic Party. I don't think he's any closer to the Republican Party, which just wants to like do what? Right. Like, so what, the problem is, is, is he is cl- like who he's close to. I understand this, actually, as somebody who also sort of lionizes these people. He hangs out with Lisa Murkowski like they go, I don't know, ice fishing in Alaska together. And he hangs out with Mitt Romney and Susan Collins. And there's like a group of them. And I think that the Democrats are do not like Joe Manchin. Right. You talk about like the school, like the lunch table, pol- internal politics of like you know, in Mitt Romney's book. He talks about like not having anyone to sit with at lunch. Like this is a thing because they're so hostile to him. And so I think that Joe Manchin probably experiences that on the left, just like Kirsten Sinema does. And as a result, I think what's happened is there's this like tight little group kind of in the middle that is like very epox on both their houses that that rises as much from their personal experiences as it does from their political ones. Um is it possible that the reason people don't want to sit with Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin is because we have seen what utter narcissist Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin are? <laughs> I don't. I don't. So I don't, I don't. I don't know seem about that. Super you know. Cool. You know. I don't take that. I. I or not. To, I don't completely agree with that position. And I'm. I'm holding out hope here that Joe Manchin doesn't act like a total narcissist well, we'll see, in this right? situation I mean, so we'll, we'll see. see like if he does it then it's confirmation that like oh that's why nobody wanted to sit with him because i, I but i actually think to that like you said this earlier and i really agree with it that like actually what the democrats need to do is make a lot of room for people like that uh so that they can win in places that are tougher to win yes 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 uh it's it's not great bob and I, I just, by the way, what is the, I mean, let me ask you, I'm going to ask you a leading question. If Joe Biden was 55 years old, what do you think the polling would look like right now? Think he'd be doing okay? I think he'd be doing okay, but I do think that polarization has locked us into places uh, that okay is about as good as it gets. Like, but I don't the age think thing there's is really, but the age thing is the thing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joe Manchin, who's being told that he is really the, the the good alternative to the reason why people don't like Trump and Joe, and Trump and Biden. Joe Manchin is 76. So like one more, you know, well, Joe Biden. Have you heard how old Joe Biden is? You know, <laughs> and Joe Manchin himself Guys, is 76. I am going to th- I this I do not like this argument. I keep hearing okay, people say this argument. The, uh, well, you've you've heard me do it. It's if you look at Joe Biden. Uh, he and Joe Manchin, just like he and Donald Trump, they don't read the same. They don't look the same. Like the reason it's not because people don't know that Donald Trump is also in his 70s. People know that. But like he his level of part. And I do think like because he's insane, he appears more spry. But even Joe Manchin, I mean, I've seen Joe Manchin recently, like give a talk. And Joe Manchin seems he's swaggering around, whatever. Joe Biden shuffles. Okay. Like he just does. Fair. And and I, I think that like people ignore this by trying to explain away the numbers at their own peril. Like we everybody can see what's in front of their eyes. There's a reason you just can't dismiss it. And this is why, um, I don't know if we've talked about this as much, but I think if Biden's gonna do it, looks like, you know, it sounds like he is. Uh He's got to kind of lean into like old Uncle Joe. Like 
he's he's gotta he's gotta take the age thing head on because it's too big an issue it's too big a concern for people i i agree completely i i've been i've been west wing fantasying how he should handle this for like a year now um and it should be a look. None of us knows what's promised uh, tomorrow. All right. Uh, so that's the Joe Manchin talk. What else? Uh, what else did you want to talk about? Well, can you just tell me? Can you give me the um, top lines of the debate takeaway that you got from last night? Uh, the Ron DeSantis is finished. Vic Vic Ramaswamy is sort of finished with his boomlet. Uh, he has gone from. Look at me. I dominate the stage with how annoying I am to everybody just wants me to go away because of how annoying I am. And he has not shown multiple pitches. Uh, Nikki Haley was great. And Chris Christie was basically deferential to her and looked like he was basically her tag team partner, which suggests that he might be willing to get out ahead of New Hampshire. Do you know that that's exactly what I wrote for the New York Times? I did not know that because I didn't read what you wrote for the New York Times. I did How do you their- like that? Oh, yeah. boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fine. But you know how New York Times does that thing where they have little little heads for yeah. writers and everybody like writes a reaction to each mm-hmm. person and then scores them for their, their you know, post-debate, whatever. I was one of the heads. It was like me and Jamil Bowie and David French and, uh, you know, all their people. And Mm -hmm. then uh, my little head was in there. Anyway, this is what I said about Chris Christie, which like it is when he was on stage, you could just be like, this guy's running because he was extremely deferential to Nikki. And he was like, without because without Trump there, he doesn't have any reason for being there. And I do think that what he's doing is being an echo chamber for the normie side. And then he was going to get out uh, and endorse her. And I think that that is a good thing to do. I I agree. I'm I'm in favor of it. Uh, we talked a little about your Nikki three two one scenario. Um, it could I, be a two two one a, scenario. We talked a lot about you last night on the show. You Not did. Lie. We we talked about you for like half the show. What? Great! I got to go listen to it now. One one. Did of you the say something mean? Were you being mean? I was only. I wasn't really mean. I did say. Yeah. That if St. Larry runs on the no labels ticket, that I would become insufferable with his I told you so about him. You will become insufferable. I, I like utterly. Uns- and I can say right. like, like, I would like to not be insufferable. I would sure, like you to would be like a grown to up about this, but no, I know wouldn't. myself and I know that there is zero chance that I will be able to resist spiking the football literally every single show we do together. Um, yeah. No, we talked. We talked a lot about you. Um, all good things. All good things. Uh-huh. And uh, and and what Will said was, uh, and Chris agreed, that basically your scenario is the only, the only plausible scenario for stopping Trump. It's not yeah. a likely. It's it's a hail mary. No, it's a long it's shot, like, like a bunch of everything, yeah. which is what you say too. This is not yeah. you know you, but that that is it, and it requires like a bunch of coordination from other people it probably requires desantis to cooperate and like help strategically when he gets in when he gets out uh it requires the republican party itself like colluding with her to help push her and 
because she's such a long shot, the incentives are actually for everybody not to do that because they don't want to get on the wrong side of Trump right. for when he when he winds up as the nominee again. Uh, what One thing we also talked about, though, is so right now on the Ukraine stuff, we have this split in the Republican Party between the normie Republicans and the MAGA Republicans. And this can sort of be a split because we have two camps and there's no leader of the Republican Party for pretend. Uh, And, you know, and so we can just have this difference of opinion. But the minute Trump is the nominee, the Republican Party has a leader again. And his position is uh, we're going to end that war in 24 hours. Yeah. What what are the like? So what is Nikki? So Nikki Haley has gone around saying that this is one of the most important conflicts of our time that uh, forcing a ceasefire in Ukraine and not supporting Ukraine will only embolden the Chinese in their attempts to take over Taiwan. And that this is a moment when it is absolutely essential for American leadership. And so five minutes after the Republican Party's official position becomes we're going to end the war in Ukraine. What is Nikki Haley going to do? And the answer is, of course, we know what she's going to do. She'll endorse Donald Trump. But why? She just told everybody. This is like her whole you know, reason for being is uh, being a neocon. And the answer is yeah. we have a neocon. He's president right now. And it's OK to if the Republican president was also going to be a neocon to to say, you know, well, you know, see, they're they're both good in Ukraine. So I'll stick with the guy who wants to overturn elections and do coups. But when like her number one issue, she's aligned with Biden and not the Republican nominee. Like what? How does that work? Okay, so I know how this sounds, but like one of the ways psychologically for myself that I maintain a certain level of optimism Mm -hmm. is that I hold alcohol, gin, I hold, (laughs) I do that too, but I hold the opportunity for people to surprise you in a good way. Okay. So. I try and I know so it, it it and it it the longer this goes on the more that contrasts with like my cold hard analytic brain right but like there is a part of me right now that wonders genuinely if Mike Pence and Nikki Haley and some of these guys sit it out on Trump now there's I mean he's out there like his attacks on her calling her bird brain uh he probably grabs Vivek, you know, he brings in like people like that around him. He doesn't bring in Nikki Haley. Uh, my guess is so like if you're her, there's sort of two paths. There's the path that says I overperformed or like I came in second, which means post Trump, I've got the opportunity to lead this party. And this is probably where she goes. And so she says, like, I got to make nice with Trump one more time to secure my future because I could still be president. Uh, or she could look at it and say, I have genuine principles. There's genuine things at stake here. And uh, I have to oppose Trump. Like, or like, I just have to sit it out. Like, I have to go quiet and dark for a while. And like, I will reemerge uh, later because she's not going to work in the Trump administration this time. Like, he won't trust her. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. So, like, not. there's not like an immediate thing to do. I think there's just uh, like hold pat, maybe do no harm. Um, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I, she could, and Pence could, I'm, I'm open to this. I'm not certain about it. Uh, I actually have more confidence in her for some reason than Pence. Um, 
I think it's just like I don't I don't know. But maybe both of them. They're close. So anyway, don't, but don't you think it's possible they don't endorse or that they endorse the centrist? I think it's very possible that Pence doesn't endorse. I assume Chrissy Christie will not endorse. No. Uh with with Haley, I just because of everything we've seen from her in her long journey with Trump. Mm-hmm. And her like on again, off again, on again, off. Uh, again. I just assume that of course she's going to endorse because she's utterly soulless. Yeah, but I, w- I would say again, Gavin Newsom is not president, right? If if the president were Gavin Newsom, then I would say, well, of course Mike Pence and Chris Christie couldn't endorse him in an attempt to stop Trump because Gavin Newsom is pretty far to the left and really not aligned with them and probably doing a bunch of stuff they don't like. The president is Joe Biden. His his signature agenda is infrastructure spending passed with bipartisan votes, a gun reform that's pretty modest, which is like absolutely what Chris Christie would have done as president. I honestly, and I, I'm not saying this to be product, provocative, but I'll, I'll do it anyway. How different would the last three years have been legislatively with Chris Christie as president rather than Joe Biden as president? Would there have been some differences at the margins? Sure. But I'm not convinced that Christie would have done any of this wildly differently than Joe well, Biden. He wouldn't have pulled out of Afghanistan. Uh, I don't think any of these. Maybe. Had, okay. So like, I think Maybe. there's that. I think uh, Trump would have pulled out of Afghanistan had he won reelection. But yes. sure. No, I think I think that's right. I think I'm just I think do think there's like sort of substantive sure. differences uh, if you have one of yeah. these sort of old school Republicans running it. But but I but I agree with you generally that like as the political realignment, uh, as people see where it is now and also where it's going, it does seem insane for Nikki Haley. The problem is they tell themselves a story, right? There's a reason Nikki Haley already does this. She does this more than anybody, actually. Uh, where she runs against a dead Joe Biden and an alive Kamala Harris, right? She's the one very much who's like, well, Joe Biden, very unlikely to make it through his next term. And it's like, uh, and so she she, she wants to, They, the story that, that Republicans, normie Republicans tell themselves is that the Democratic Party is going off the rails and like the second Joe Biden isn't there, right? It it lurches this far left, which yeah. is then one Josh of Josh Shapiro and Gretchen Whitmer take over. And God, well, so that'll be is, horrible. Those two yeah. are such nutso all radical. All they want to do is cancel culture and frankly, well, this, this is what's so crazy this to me, about it. This this to me, and it's sort of why I'm like I think Dean Phillips is like such a dumbass for doing this right now, is that the opportunity is not to run against Joe Biden. The opportunity is to allow Joe Biden to be a bridge to a new generation of candidates to work with him so that he can help raise their profile and they can help provide a vision for the future of the Democratic Party that is not tied to Rashida Tlaib, uh, right? And that Gavin doesn't Newsom. look more, more Gavin important. Newsom, right? right. I mean, Gavin Newsom is going to run right. for president in 2028, right. hell or high water. Right. That is the only thing he wants to do with his life. Right. And if you are uh, a center left Dem, that's who you are positioning yourself against, right? Look, the idea. I am sorry, and I'm sure that Joe Biden would never say this out loud, but Kamala Harris's unpopularity is a big part of why he is running, because uh, 
I think he looks at her and realizes that if he doesn't run, she's likely to be the nominee and she's likely to lose. Right. Yeah. I do think that's right. This is, you know, he wouldn't, he's not going to dump her because he's a loyal guy. And also it would, it would cost more than it would, than it would benefit. Um, but Maybe. I don't, know. Like, I do I don't think, understand I do think... the argument that all of the energy is on the left. The left of the Democratic Party has a great deal of energy. That is certainly true. Uh, you can point to people who who are doing well. But on the other hand, like Fetterman has be, you know, been much less lefty than people expected. And he has done very well. Shapiro, Whitmer, uh, Mark Kelly, um, I, you know, Jared Polis. Andy Bashir, like, it's not like the center left part of the party is dead and dying. Like, it's, it's I don't very know. I read viable. in the Washington Examiner that uh, the, <laughs> the moderate left was gone as opposed to obviously ascendant. Um, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So I'm just saying, it's, in a rational world, Christy, Pence, and, and Nikki would not just remain silent, but they would they would just come out and campaign with Biden and they would uh, in a, go in a rational to, world. I agree. Right. Like, and and yeah. in a world where like policies mattered instead of feelings, because again, like I understand people are like very upset about things they see online, but Joe Biden is not responsible for everything. Joe Biden is not going to pass a law federally that controls whether or not your high school athletics association in your county or state allows trans kids to compete in girls sport. I'm sorry. That's he's not going to do that. No, no president of the United States is going to do that. And uh, in terms of the actual things he's passed, it's been pretty moderate, pretty popular, not all that dissimilar again from what a Chris Christie would have done. Yeah. Uh, can I just I'm just going to take this opportunity really quickly to get on my hobby horse about Ooh. the surrogate game. Right. Just this is this is where um, the, Say that again? the surrogate game. Oh, I sorry. I thought you said the Sarah get game. And mm, I was like, what is be- that? What is Sarah getting? <laughs> so I don't know if you saw Hillary Clinton on uh, The View the other day. I did not. How's she doing? Right, so she was fantastic. Ooh. And you know what? I almost I almost tweeted this and then couldn't quite like figure out what I wanted to say but like watching her so she was explaining Israel and Hamas and like what she was both she managed in eight minutes to both run you through the history explain why this was so complicated be unequivocal against Hamas talk about why there was the difference between the humanitarian and pauses which they now sort of support because you've got to get something into gaza for the people but also how like you cannot do a ceasefire because hamas will reload she talked about how hamas uses people as human shields how they spent the last couple of decades building these tunnels under hospitals and schools or whatever to make it impossible to set up the very dynamic we're seeing right now where israel can't respond to terrorist attacks uh without hurt and so like she just was so good that i sat there and i was like the the knee-jerk reflex from 10 years ago to just dislike Hillary Clinton, which I'll just admit was like in me, like the Clintons were just bad and like, didn't think that hard about it. Uh, she was so deeply impressive. In fact, I've seen Obama talking about this a couple times and he's he's much less good. Like he is, he's just, he's like so sort of, and he's trying to get at like a true thing and he's talking about holding two things in your head at the same time or three things, all that are truths, but like, 
she was just excellent. Um, and I've seen her a few times and but, thought. But her what? emails. No, no, no. But, but, but here's the thing. <laughs> but this is my, my just, point is about resist. surrogates. And like, and actually this kind of goes for Gavin Newsom too. I've seen, I, I don't like Gavin Newsom. Um, well, and I, just to recap, I'll say on Clinton, like her level of talent, like her genuine command. And obviously I supported her in 2016 ultimately. And I did in the journey of 2016 go from reluctantly being like, fine, whatever, anything but Trump to like, she's good. Um, she would have been a fine president. She would have been. I actually think she would have been fine. quite a good president. I People don't know. always run the counterfactual of like if Mitt Romney had won against Obama the second time, we'd be in a better position. I just think if Clinton had beat Trump, how much better of a position we'd 100%. be in. Like 100%. we'd be in Clinton's second term and she'd be defending Ukraine. She yeah, would she's be a, defending She's a total Israel. hawk on all this. She stuff. would People be really like, good at communicating yeah. about it. Like, I don't know how old she is. She can't be that much younger than Joe Biden either. Her communication skills are incredible. They're just succinct, and she's huge command of the information. She's better than anybody on that Republican stage. Anyway, but there are Josh Shapiro, Abigail Spamberger, Gretchen Whitmer, Warnock, Westmore. Like, there are just, and even Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom, not my cup of tea at all. I'm going to, like, support whoever is his uh, opposition on the more moderate side uh, and, like, go to the wall for them because I think he's smarmy or whatever. He's also a really talented communicator. Yeah, that's like, very true. He's very So true. when he goes out sometimes... He'll go out and go. He'll go on Hannity, like is as the spin room after a debater, and he'll argue like he was arguing energy policy on behalf of Joe Biden, and he was crushing Hannity, just crushing him with facts. And I was like, this is the thing that the communications apparatus is missing on the Democratic side. They have got to get so Gavin Newsom is doing it because Gavin Newsom wants to be in front of the camera, so he's got it. But like. I kind of want all the rest of them to have a little bit like Gretchen Whitmer. We can't just all speculate about whether or not you'd be a great president. You need to go out and show us yeah. what you got, girl. And Pete. Josh Shapiro, I'm right. glad you built that bridge. Sounds like you're crushing it in Pennsylvania, but like you need a little bit of a national profile here, bro. And what they've got to do is they've got to make a pact with Joe Biden. They say, hey, Joe Biden, you're going to help us raise our profiles right now. You're going to do joint events. And I... And then in return, right, they're going to be like, let me tell you about how good the economy's doing. Let me tell you why it's crushing in Michigan. Let me tell you how Joe Biden brought this bridge or this thing and how, I mean, if they can't get that together and work as a team, because I actually, if what they're going to do right now is run from Joe Biden, if they're going to say, well, can't get there on behalf of Joe Biden because he's so unpopular, then this is how Democrats miss the boat on, Republicans know how to play as a team. They just do, man. And this is like even to the point about Trump stuff, like these people fall in line even when like it is morally reprehensible to do so. Yeah. And Democrats could stand to have a little bit not of doing anything morally reprehensible, but just like putting some skin in the game together and be like, we're going to rise or fall together. So like, let's go do this thing. And I, uh, I hope that this is coming. It seems weird not to do it right now, though. Like, you can start now. You don't have to just wait until the election's in full swing. Like, let's get going. So, I, I agree completely. But it's so obvious that I can't understand why it hasn't happened. And the only thing I can think of as an explanation is that the White House had assumed that Republican candidates were going to tear Trump apart. So that they wouldn't have to and they could wait until the general to then go after it. <laughs> I think this was a miscalculation. 
if this was a calculation, I, if that was what their thinking was, then I believe it was a miscalculation because the Democrats were never going to. The Republicans were never going to actually attack Trump for that. Uh, and you do have to get after him. There's a little weirdness of, I mean, it, the White House can't really attack Trump on all the criminality stuff because like the federal it's government. Their DOJ, pro- it's the DOJ. Right. right? Like they're, yeah. So they just now. Now, I think in a weird way, the Biden administration deserves an enormous amount of credit for not doing this, because you could imagine if Donald Trump were the president and he had an independent counsel who was prosecuting some uh, some Democrat, he would be on truth social. Every 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 speech he gave would be about how corrupt and terrible, blah, 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 blah. And the Biden administration is behaving normally. Right. And in following the rules and norms that we have regarding these things, which is, again, another point in their favor, but they don't seem to get any credit for it. Right. So it's, it's again, it's one hand behind their back. You want to talk about not getting credit? Uh, I so this week's the tomorrow, the pod that's going to drop is on abortion and it's really good. Um, Like you should go listen to it it's not i'm sorry that it's not, it's not gonna be filled with good news but it is gonna back up some of the things we were talking about about why it's more a little more complicated if trump's the nominee on abortion but also like where the opportunities are um so so check that out but the one that we're doing for the week after end up switching their order um but i taped with bill is we we talked to a bunch of two-time trump voters who are jewish uh and i was like are these guys are they gonna give biden some credit do you think they did Hey, Sarah, do you know there's there's actually more of the show? Oh, yeah. there is? How much more? There's more. So much more. All of the more. It goes on for hours. If people want to get the rest of the show, you, you know what they have to do, right? I think they have to go to Bowler Plus. Do they have to subscribe? What do they yes, have to do? Yes, they have to pay us money. Oh. Good. Pay that man his money. And go uh, to thebulwark.com and subscribe to become a member of Bulwark Plus. All the good stuff's on the other side. Bye. <laughs>